0: Welcome to the Poem, the Parsha the Podcast. I'm Rivy and I'm Adrian. And this parsha we are going to be bravely approaching something very complicated and terrible. And, and yeah,
1: it it cause for fear and trembling. So deeply I find it both sort of um like interesting, like like genuinely interesting, like fascinating as a narrative, and I also find it incredibly problematic as an emotional experience.
0: It is of the most complicated yes. sections of our Torah. It's excuse both ends. the door shutting. Uh, it's, you know, last year we had, this is year two, friends. Yes. Reminding everyone. We're diving, we're back in it. We're back in. Last year we reflected and thought about the destruction of Sodom. Yes. Which we thought was heavy. Mm-hmm. However, this too is heavy. Yes. And it is with, and friends, we are obviously talking about the Akedah, the binding of Isaac, mm-hmm. which has elicited so much thought angst poetry team, mm-hmm. which are um, poems that are part of the liturgy mm-hmm. the akedah is very much alive for the practicing Jew mm-hmm. what I mean by that is it's part of the morning service mm-hmm. it is read as the yearly Torah portion and it is centerpiece on the high holidays mm-hmm. on Rosh Hashanah yes so this is an important story, and we are going to look at it through the lens of two different poems mm-hmm. and we're going to note that I think this was the hardest time we've ever had selecting a poem yes the this while
1: it certainly looms large in Jewish sort of practical um experience, it also looms large in the imagination it it is in there are essays, there are stories there are Poems. There are so many poems. We could not narrow it down to one. We had to choose two. We did. And, and there's. We, well, I should say that we it, we could have it could have
0: been one, but I insisted on doing the other
1: because or I, I could was say, not budging.
0: Yeah, we didn't budge. We each dug in. We and did a couple of things. So first of all, there's also art. A lot of art. So much. There's art. And I meant to say that. And song. Yes. And Leonard Cohen and Bob oh, gosh. Dylan.
1: And it is. It's in the. I mean, I think of Cohen and Dylan as poets, and it, this
0: really looms large in the in in the shared imagination of poetry and and there was much written on it and books and yes. of course interpretations and i think we're keep talking about it and what's interesting about the poems that we selected they are not from the jewish tradition no we didn't pick Chaim guri we didn't pick Michais, no. we didn't pick amir gilboa madeline lingal also yes wrote a poem i hope i got her name right mm-hmm. i looked mm-hmm. it up um to make sure i was pronouncing it right um good job uh, so, I think this week I should just read one or two verses first, yes. and then we'll do the poems. I think that sounds great. Yeah, okay. We need a frame. We yeah. need a frame. That first moment when we God is calling, and the response is hineni, that's the signal mm-hmm. that we know something big is happening. Mm-hmm. It was after these things that God tested nisa tested abraham and abraham had now responds hineni here i am which is i'm willing and then comes really the awesome frightening command vayomer kachnah ben chadi yachidcha shehevtaita yizhak velek lecha emblematic elah eleretz haroria va alehu shamla ola al achat hairim asher Omar elecha, sacrifice your son. And so that's hard to even read. It's hard to
1: process. I feel like it's... How do I even explain this? I feel like our relationship to the divine is really challenged by this as a people. And I think that's why it appears so many times that it does. And why... We still have these incredibly complex feelings about it. Um, And and why there's so much poetry. And why there's so much. There's so much poetry. I mean, there are articles written about how much poetry there is. Like, there's like, it's like meta criticism. Um, It's so much. Um, And I chose this poem, and here's why I chose this poem and why I sort of dug in my heels about it because this poem speaks to an emotional experience that is rich in me every single time I read it. Mm. Every single time. It never loses its impact. And I have read this poem so many times. I mean, I was introduced to this poem as an undergrad in like, 2000s um, there were a lot of zeros that followed that okay so so now I
0: know why you insisted on it yes like this is a
1: formative poetic experience for me and I this is why I sort of dug in and I I wanted that to be part of the conversation of of it is that just like the Akeda is a formative experience for us as a people this poem is a formative experience for me in across the experience oh so this is okay. this is Isaac by Marie Howe. Um, I should also preface this by saying that my teacher was Marie Howe's student, and I consider myself ah. to be a student of Marie Howe in some ways, even though I haven't worked with her to the extent that my teacher did.
0: Well, then um, I'm going to say now I know why you selected it. Yes, so let's this hear.
1: Is, it's it's a it's a it's a deep well. Um, this is Isaac by Marie Howe. When we had climbed to the top of the mountain and there was no lamb i remember looking at the sky september blue and cold the clouds rushing together so fast the ground for a minute seemed to move they rushed so quickly i wanted to say like horses when in a voice i had never heard before he asked me to lay myself down i didn't feel the rush of a sudden wind as from a wing that my father felt or hear the voice like silver he said he heard. I didn't. Mm. I only remember the clouds rushing across the sky like horses and the blood pounding inside me like water and pushing, stumbling down the mountain to the far pasture, to the ram that was my favorite, and weeping into its filthy, matted wool, crying out. Hmm. Now do you see... Now that you've heard it read aloud, you push back on this. You were like, I don't want to
0: do this poem. I did say that, but first you get to say why, where, what's really um, speaking to you here. What speaks to me is that we hear of this,
1: the, the Ikeda lives in the Abrahamic experience, not in the Isaac experience. And so to enter the imagination of the potential victim here speaks to me in a way that the Abrahamic experience does not. Like, here we are really fully in the Parsha in a way that that other, other
0: sources want to push us out of. Here's what I'm going to say. Yes. I hear that. Yes. And it's interesting that Abraham is the one being tested. Mm-hmm. And he's the one that's being off, asked to offer his son. Mm-hmm. Yet it is called in Hebrew, yes. the binding of Isaac. So it's interesting that almost our tradition is playing with us. Yes. with and, and putting forth the question, is this truly the test for Abraham? Isaac, according to calculations, was not a small boy. No, he was not a child. Not, a, not, you know, he was someone who was old enough, mm-hmm. if not even older. and, there's a phenomenal Midrash from the Pirkei de Rebbe Eliezer that says Abraham actually slaughtered him, he came back to life, or this idea of the ashes of Yitzchak. And so I would say that our tradition is not not paying attention to Isaac. No, I, and, I get that. Okay, and and then later on his eyes are weak, the tears of the the Midrash talks about the tears of the angels mm-hmm. weakening his eyes. So it's interesting because... It's almost as at this moment of the binding of Isaac, the focus now shifts to Isaac. God never speaks again to Abraham after Mm -mm, this. mm -mm. The Abraham story is being tied up. Next week, we're going to hear about his purchase of land for the death of Sarah. And I pledge to you and I pledge to all of our listeners out there that next year we focus on Sarah's experience of the Akedah. We're going to work our way through it. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Um, And and next, the the whole story becomes Isaac. So I do hear that. And of course, the name of this poem is Isaac. Mm -hmm. And what do you hear in this poem truly reveals who isaac is if i were to ask you that so i think there are two things that
1: so you should also know that the first half of this poem listeners is written in long unrhymed couplets and then we have some longer stanzas toward the end of four and more lines Um, but in these first one two three four five five long couplets To me, there is a conversation happening there between Isaac and God that we don't hear. When I we had climbed to the top of the mountain and there was no lamb, he expected a lamb. I remember looking at the sky, September, blue and cold, the clouds, and then this pushes us through these next lines. There's no punctuation. The clouds rushing together so fast, the ground for a minute seemed to move they rush so quickly i wanted to say like horses and to me that
0: that is like a stop in a voice that i in had never voice, heard before yes. he asked me to lay myself down has a real lilt to it
1: it does it has this intense music and then i sense a stop at like horses that to that like that means something to me that i can't ever put words to but it's just this it's like foreboding it's like I feel like it's a—it's almost mourning of a loss that doesn't happen. It's like mourning a loss that only lives in the potential for loss, rather
0: than mourning in the loss that has happened. Okay, and I am going to say, and yes. I realize it's going to be exceedingly annoying what I'm going to say. No, say it. What annoys me uh-huh. <laughs> about the poem is that Isaac probably never saw a horse. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but we're talking about I a tradition know. that
0: isn't ours. I know. that that
1: I had a very hard time with that as an undergrad. And I went to my teacher and I was like, Anna,
0: there are no horses where Isaac lives. Yeah. There are no horses. Right. Like, and, there and might be a goat. Yeah. In ancient Near Eastern times, the horse was a tank and Egypt had them. Yes. And, and I doubt that Isaac ever saw a horse. No. So when I read this, the picky uni part of myself it's okay was to like, that. horses, come on. But I, that's Okay.
1: I get that. I had a very hard time with that at first, and it was really a sticking point for me. And then when I widened the lens, and I, t- and I really thought about, this is a poem that lives in the imagination. So he may not know what horses actually are, but there is something powerful and mysterious about horses that he, I think he is speaking to. That, and that power and mystique is really part of the whole poem It's part of the whole um, idea of potential and potential we don't understand. Um, And then it says, I didn't feel the rush of sudden wind as from a wing. I didn't. We hear that twice. I only saw the clouds rushing across the sky like horses. And I don't think we mean actual horses. I think it's really about finding a word for this sort of sensation that does not that may not exist and the blood pounding inside me like water and pushing stumbling down the mountain so it has happened right like we're we have moved through the violence or the potential for violence and he is done running down the mountain path unscathed unscathed physically yes physically um, to the ram that was my favorite and weep, weeping into its filthy matted wool, crying out.
0: Yeah, that's her. That's. I that, mean, can you. That line I do love. That,
1: yes, and that's what to me that speaks to is the idea that Isaac is learning that his father would have sacrificed him. Like, if there is no threat to the parent child relationship, Greater. I don't care how old you are, then your father willing to be able to sacrifice you. Like that's terrifying to me.
0: It's horribly terrifying. It's horribly I'm, terrifying, but also, I am rarely I think stunned, speechless, speechless like I, speechless, I just did right now.
1: Um, and so Isaac is learning that his father would have sacrificed him. And that is a hard thing to learn. That is a hard thing Well, in this moment, I think in the wider frame of the Isaac narrative, we're going to get more information i think there's going to be a a change in that relationship that that he begins to maybe understand why he would have done it
0: and i think we haven't gotten there yet we haven't gotten there yet and the complexity of the akedah is so huge and in that complexity one thing that i feel so strongly about mm-hmm. is that you know the lesson of the lesson of the akedah to me is Hey, parents, for all eternity, Mm -hmm. we do not build altars and sacrifice our children upon them. And I absolutely recognize the horror of Yitzchak's feeling right now. Yes, totally. That said, Abraham did not sacrifice him. He did not do it. And in fact, you know, God had asked him to. Mm -hmm. The angel then stops him. Mm Mm-hmm. But Abraham ultimately does not sacrifice his son. He
1: does not, but the potential for it is there, and I think that's what this poem speaks to. That I think potential it's potential. The
0: next poem speaks to violence
1: <laughs> is there, and that's scary. And I think we can live in that uncomfortable place.
0: Oh, it's it's excruciating. Let's read the next poem.
1: <laughs> See, you don't even want to sit with it. No, It's no. too excruciating. The like, parable of the old man and the young. Well, by I'm going to say Wilford this because
0: because Wilfred yes. Owen is going to bring all of this into this practicality. Is, yes, it's
1: like we're we're bringing we're walking back. We've got this like narrow lens on Isaac and the the Akedah there, and the the Owen poem pushes us out a little bit, and we get a big. It's like it's like. It's like in the movies, right? When you have that, like that, like focus shot on one small thing, and then you open up and you see the bigger picture, and the relationship the viewer has to the small thing changes. Our relationship to Isaac's emotional experience is
0: going to change with this next poem. And I'm going to say I'm a major fan of Wilfred Owen. And poor, I mean, Wilfred Owen did not live a long life. No, Uh he wrote some of the best British poetry about World War I. He did. He did. I have and a lot of respect for Wilfred Owen. In almost a little bit more than a year, mm-hmm. from August 1917 to September 1918, mm-hmm. and in November 1918, he was killed yes. in action at the age of 25, a week before the armistice.
1: And I think there is something about the Isaac narrative that is an important... Like, I think Owen's age is an important part of thinking through this particular poem because he was so young
0: and he the was, amount of young boys sent to war that no one yes. can actually articulate in a sentence why world war one happened yes so, i know it's horrifying horrifying so let's let's hear Gosh, this. We are so positive today aren't we? we we're just like you know bringing get out the feelings. handkerchiefs get out the handkerchiefs the <sighs>
1: parable of the old man and the young by wilfred owen so abram rose and clave the wood and went and took the fire with him and a knife. And as they sojourned both of them together, Isaac the firstborn spake, and said, My father, behold the preparations, fire and iron, but wear the lamb for this burnt offering. Then Abram bound the youth with belts and straps, and builded parapets and, the tr- and trenches there, and stretched forth the knife to slay his son. When lo, an angel called him out of heaven, saying, Lay not thy hand upon the lad neither do anything to him thy son behold caught in a thicket by its horns a ram offer the ram of pride instead but the old man would not so but slew his son and half the seed of europe one by one
0: i'm telling you i'm crying
1: oh, i i am literally it is, crying it, this is it's so painful it's so painful and we turn i owen turns the whole story on its head abram does sacrifice the child we have sacrificed
0: our children. Old men send young men into war. Those who call the shots are never in the line of fire. Never. Well put. Uh, to me, it's startling. You describe the structure of the Marie yes. Howe poem, Isaac. The Wilfred Owen poem is structured. The first part has a lot of lines, yes. and then there's a break, and then it's but the old two man lines. would not so.
1: And I feel like this this could be in conversation almost most... The last two lines are a long, unrhymed couplet, almost like it's in conversation uh-huh. with the Howe poem, and I absolutely know that Howe teaches Owen. And so, so
0: let, us, are, let us note yes. that we selected poems ultimately that are connected that to each other. That are in conversation. In conversation with each other. Did you see the movie 1917? No. Okay, I saw that movie, and... I don't need to be totally destroyed. For the- <laughs> I want it. The scenario is that I saw the movie mm-hmm. alone in Jerusalem. Oh, goodness. In Jerusalem after eating a very good lamb burger. This would be the light moment of this podcast. Okay. Um, a delicious lamb burger that at Burger amazing. Barn. Oh, gosh. And then I went to this beautiful small theater oh. in uh, Baca. Intimate. Yes. And watched 1917 myself. I came home later on and I did see the movie again. And so it's a hard movie to see once. It's a really hard movie to see twice. Mm. And in the movie, there's a very powerful song, which I have on my iPhone and I listen to it too often. Oh, and it's the, I am a poor wayfaring stranger. Oh, I love that tune. Everyone. I invite everyone to listen to that tune. Mm -hmm. I may have to play it right now oh no first we have an ad yeah we've got to get rid of that ad um it's a very moving song and fun
1: fact that's one of the first tunes i ever learned to play on the banjo really yes i didn't even ever hear it oh really oh it's an old folk tune yes i don't even know who like the original authoring is okay
0: Um, yes folks we're going into music I'm traveling through this world
1: of love, yet there's no
0: sickness, toil, no danger. I think we'll stop it there before we all fall apart. The The idea, and so this asks us, first of all, obviously, Wilfred Owen gave his life on that altar. hmm And he looks at the akeda, and for him, Mm -hmm. the binding of Isaac is the sending of young men to war. Mm -hmm. But the old man would not sow but slew his son. And so in Wilford Owen's akeda, the son is slaughtered, Mm -hmm. and half the seed of Europe one by one. And so I want us to say out loud that in the end, again, God does not ask for the, for the death of, of Isaac.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He says, mm-hmm. don't stretch your don't hand stretch out. Don't stretch your hand don't out. Stretch your, because parents and old men, I'm going to say, tend to want to send the children to war. Yes. It seems to be a common human malady. Mm-hmm. And is our Torah, I'm going to ask the question, is our Torah saying right here and now, don't do this. Yes and, and. no yes. because we've yeah. got all the battles that are coming yes,
1: yeah like right it's the it's what what might be um I have a cohort and we do work together about parenting and there is a lot of holding the both and holding the yes that is awful and hard to hear and holding the no that creates the space and this is that moment I think I think we're told yes and no I think we're told no, don't do this but I also wonder if the Torah also speaks to human nature and the human nature is this is what we do yeah. this is, we can't escape this
0: you, I and think so that's a I, very point I, I well taken
1: I feel like the potential for violence that the how poem was thinking about is really the, the, the violence is visited in the Owen, po- Owen poem and I think they both are holding, their, they're the both and, right? They're both holding space for the potential and, the, the, and the, the, it, that it doesn't happen. He escapes down the mountain unscathed and then we've got the Owen that says, okay, but it does.
0: Yeah.
1: It does. Okay. And I think we can look at both of these and we can hold, I think they really are giving us a tool to hold those complex feelings about the
0: Ikeda. And I think we did good. I do too. And I think the fact that we both independently selected these poems versus the very heavy Holocaust poems around the Akedah, there is space for those too. And I think that might be too painful. Yes. So maybe, maybe. I uh, could
1: not. Next I could year. not. Yeah. I'm not in a place to do a Holocaust poem right now. Right. I do think that there will come a time for
0: them. Yep. All right, friends. Witness. We urge you to. Continue to talk about this. Yes. And the Akedah at your Shabbat table, and of course, um, the sacrifice of Isaac.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, listeners. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom.
0: Welcome to the poem, the Parsha, the podcast. I'm Rivi. And I'm Adrian. And this Parsha, we are going to be bravely approaching something very complicated. And terrible. And, and yeah, it, it's a cause for fear and trembling. So deeply,
1: I find it both sort of, um, like interesting, like, like genuinely interesting, like fascinating as a narrative. And I also find it incredibly problematic as an emotional experience.
0: It is of the most complicated Yes. Sections of our Torah. It's Excuse both the door shutting. Uh, it's, you know, last year we had, this is year two, friends. Yes. Reminding everyone. We're diving, we're back in it. We're back in. Last year we reflected and thought about the destruction of Sodom. Yes. Which we thought was heavy. Mm-hmm. However, this too is heavy. Yes. And it is with, and friends, we are obviously talking about the Akedah, the binding of Isaac. Mm-hmm. Which has elicited so much thought, angst, poetry, team, mm-hmm. which are um, poems that are part of the liturgy. Mm-hmm. The Akedah is very much alive for the practicing Jew. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is it's part of the morning service. Mm-hmm. It is read as the yearly Torah portion. And it is centerpiece on the High Holidays mm-hmm. on Rosh Hashanah. Yes. So this is an important story, and we are going to look at it through the lens of two different poems. Mm-hmm. And we're going to note that I think this was the hardest time we've ever had selecting a poem. Yes.
1: The, this, while it certainly looms large in Jewish sort of practical um, experience, it also looms large in the imagination it it is in there are essays there are stories there are Poems, there are so many poems we could not narrow it down to one. We had to choose two. We did. And, and well, I should say
0: that we, it, we could have, it could have been one, but I insisted on doing the other because I, I could was not, say, budging. Yeah, we didn't budge. We each dug in we and did. A couple of things. So, first of all, there's also art. A lot of art. So much. There's art. And I meant to say that. And song. Yes. And Leonard Cohen
1: and Bob oh, Dylan. Gosh. And it is. It's in the, I mean, I think of Cohen and Dylan as poets. And it, this really looms large in the, in, in the shared imagination of poetry.
0: And and there's much written on it and books and yes. of course interpretations and I think we're keep talking about it and what's interesting about the poems that we selected they are not from the Jewish tradition. No. We didn't pick Chaim Guri we didn't pick Yuhudami Michais we no. didn't pick Amir Gilboa Madeline Lengal also yes. wrote a poem I hope I got her name right mm-hmm. I looked mm-hmm. it up um, to make sure I was pronouncing it right. Um, Good job. Uh, so, I think this week I should just read one or two verses first,, yes. and then we'll do the poems. I think that sounds great, yeah, okay. we need a frame we yeah. need a frame that first moment when we God is calling, and the response is heini that's the signal mm-hmm. that we know something big is happening. Mm-hmm. It was after these things that God tested nisa tested abraham and abraham had now responds hineni here i am which is i'm willing and then comes really the awesome frightening command vayomer kachna ad bin chadi yachidcha shehavta itzchak velecha emblematic elah eleritz hamoriah va alayhu shamla ola al achat hairim asher Omar Elecha, sacrifice your son. And so that's hard to even read. It's hard
1: to process. I feel like it's... How do I even explain this? I feel like our relationship to the divine is really challenged by this as a people. And I think that's why it appears so many times that it does. And why... We still have these incredibly complex feelings about it. Um,
0: And and why there's so much poetry. And why
1: there's so much. There's so much poetry. I mean, there are articles written about how much poetry there is. Like, there's like, it's like meta criticism. Um, It's so much. Um, And I chose this poem, and here's why I chose this poem and why I sort of dug in my heels about it because this poem speaks to an emotional experience that is rich in me every single time I read it. Mm. Every single time, it never loses its impact. And I have read this poem so many times. I mean, I was introduced to this poem as an undergrad in like 2006 um there were a lot of
0: zeros that followed that okay so, so now i know why you insisted on yes it. like this I is see. a
1: formative poetic experience for me and i this is why i sort of dug in and i i wanted that to be part of the conversation of, of it is that just like the akeda is a formative experience for us as a people this poem is a formative experience for me in a, across the experience oh so this is okay. this is Isaac by Marie Howe. Um I should also preface this by saying that my teacher was Marie Howe's student. And I consider myself yeah. to be a student of Marie Howe in some ways, even though I haven't worked with her to the extent that my teacher did.
0: Well then um, I'm going to say now I know why you
1: selected it. Yeah. So let's hear. Is, it's it's a it's a it's a deep well. Um this is Isaac by Marie Howe. When we had climbed to the top of the mountain and there was no lamb. I remember looking at the sky, September blue and cold, the clouds rushing together so fast, the ground for a minute seemed to move. They rushed so quickly, I wanted to say, like horses, when, in a voice I had never heard before, he asked me to lay myself down. I didn't feel the rush of a sudden wind, as from a wing that my father felt, or hear the voice like silver he said he heard. I didn't. Mm. I only remember the clouds rushing across the sky like horses and the blood pounding inside me like water and pushing, stumbling down the mountain to the far pasture, to the ram that was my favorite, and weeping into its filthy, matted wool, crying out.
0: Hmm. Now do
1: you see... Now that you've heard it read aloud, you pushed back on this.
0: You were like, I don't want to do this poem. I did say that, but first you get to say why, where, what's really um, speaking to you here. What speaks to me is that we
1: hear of this, the, the Ikeda lives in the Abrahamic experience, not in the Isaac experience. And so to enter the imagination of the potential victim here speaks to me in a way that the Abrahamic experience does not. Like, here we are really fully in the Parsha in a way that that other, other sources want to push us
0: out of. Here's what I'm going to say. Yes. I hear that. Yes. And it's interesting that Abraham is the one being tested. Mm-hmm. And he's the one that's being asked to offer his son. Mm -hmm. Yet it is called in Hebrew, the binding of Isaac. So it's interesting that almost our tradition is playing with us. Yes. And and putting forth the question, is this truly the test for Abraham? Isaac, according to calculations, was not a small boy. he was not a child. Not, not, you know, he was someone who was old enough, Mm -hmm. if not even older. and, there's a phenomenal midrash from the Pirkei de Rebbe Eliezer that says Abraham actually slaughtered him he came back to life or this idea of the ashes of Yitzhak and so I would say that our tradition is not not paying attention to Isaac. No, I, and, I get that. Okay. And and then later on his eyes are weak the tears of the the midrash talks about the tears of the angels mm-hmm. weakening his eyes. So it's interesting because It's almost as at this moment of the binding of Isaac, the focus now shifts to Isaac. God never speaks again to Abraham after mm-mm, this. Mm-mm. The Abraham story is being tied up. Next week we're going to hear about his purchase of land for the death of Sarah. And I pledge to you and I pledge to all of our listeners out there that next year we focus on Sarah's experience of the Akedah. Yes, Fada. we're going to work our way through it. We're going we to get there. We're going to get there. And next, the, the whole story becomes Isaac. So I do hear that. And of course, the name of this poem is Isaac. Mm-hmm. And what do you hear in this poem? truly reveals who isaac is if i were to ask you that so i think
1: there are two things that so you should also know that the first half of this poem listeners is written in long unrhymed couplets and then we have some longer stanzas toward the end of four and more lines Um, but in these first one two three four five five long couplets to me, there is a conversation happening there between Isaac and God that we don't hear. When I, We had climbed to the top of the mountain, and there was no lamb. They, he expected a lamb. I remember looking at the sky, September, blue and cold, the clouds, and then this pushes us through these next lines. There's no punctuation. The clouds rushing together so fast, the ground for a minute seemed to move, they rush so quickly, I wanted to say like horses, and
0: to me that that is like a stop in a voice that I have never voice. heard before. Yes. He asked me to lay myself down has a real lilt to it.
1: It does it has this intense music, and then I sense a stop at like horses that to that like that means something to me that I can't ever put words to. But it's just this, Im- it's like foreboding, it's like, I feel like it's a it's almost mourning of a loss that doesn't happen. It's like mourning a loss that only lives in the potential
0: for loss, rather than mourning in the loss that has happened. Okay. And I am going to say, and yes. I realize it's going to be exceedingly annoying what I'm going to say. No, say it. What annoys me uh-huh. <laughs> about the poem is that Isaac probably never saw a horse. Yeah, yeah, but we're talking about I a tradition know. that isn't ours.
1: I know. And that and that I had a very hard time with that as an undergrad. And I went to my teacher and I was like, Anna,
0: there are no horses where Isaac lives.
1: Yeah. There are no horses.
0: Right. But and, there and might be a goat. Yeah. In ancient Near Eastern times, the horse was a tank and Egypt had them. Yes. And, and it, I doubt that Isaac ever saw a horse. No. So when I read this, the picky uni part of myself it's okay was to like, that. horses, come on. But I, that's Okay. I get that I had a very hard time with
1: that at first and it was really a sticking point for me and then when I widened the lens and I and I really thought about this is a poem that lives in the imagination so he may not know what horses actually are but there is something powerful and mysterious about horses that I think he is speaking to that and that power and mystique is really part of the whole poem It's part of the whole um, idea of potential and potential we don't understand. Um, And then it says, I didn't feel the rush of sudden wind as from a wing. I didn't. We hear that twice. I only saw the clouds rushing across the sky like horses. And I don't think we mean actual horses. I think it's really about finding a word for this sort of, Sensation that does not, that may not exist, and the blood pounding inside me like water, and pushing, stumbling down the mountain. So it has happened, right? Like we're we have moved through the violence or the potential for violence, and he is done running down the mountain path, unscathed, unscathed physically. F- yes, physically, um to the ram that was my favorite, and we- weeping into its filthy matted wool crying out
0: yeah that's hard that's that that line i do
1: love that yes and that's what to me that speaks to is the idea that isaac is learning that his father would have sacrificed him like if there is no threat to the parent-child relationship i don't care how old you are then your father willing to be able to sacrifice you like that's terrifying to me
0: it's horribly terrifying. It's horribly I'm, terrifying, but also I am rarely
1: I think stunned, stunned speechless, you know, like speechless. Like I just but did right now, um, and so Isaac is learning that his father would have sacrificed him, and that is a hard thing to learn. That is a hard thing. Well, in this moment, I think in the wider frame of the Isaac narrative, we're gonna get more information. I think there's going to be a a change in that relationship that that he begins to maybe understand why he
0: would have done it. And I think we haven't gotten there yet. We haven't gotten there yet and the complexity of the akedah is so huge and in that complexity one thing that I feel so strongly about is mm-hmm. that you know the lesson of the lesson of the akedah to me is Hey, parents, for all eternity, Mm -hmm. we do not build altars and sacrifice our children upon them. And I absolutely recognize the horror of Yitzhak's feeling right now. Yes, totally. That said, Abraham did not sacrifice him. He did not do it. And in fact, you know, God had asked him to. Mm -hmm. The angel then stops him. Mm Mm-hmm but Abraham ultimately does not sacrifice his son. He
1: does not, but the potential for it is there and I think that's what this poem speaks to. I think potential it's what the
0: next poem speaks to.
1: Violence <laughs> is there and that's scary and I think we can live in that uncomfortable place.
0: Oh, it's it's excruciating. Let's read the next poem. <laughs> See, you don't even want to sit with it. No, it's no. too excruciating. The but, parable of the old man and the young. Well, by I'm going to say Wilford this Owen. because because Wilfred yes. Owen is going to bring all of this into this practicality. Is, yes, it's
1: like we're we're bringing we're walking back. We've got this like narrow lens on Isaac and the the akedah there, and the the Owen poem pushes us out a little bit, and we get a big. It's like it's like. It's like in the movies, right? When you have that, like that, like focus shot on one small thing, and then you open up and you see the bigger picture, and the relationship the viewer has to the small thing changes. Our relationship to Isaac's
0: emotional experience is going to change with this next poem. And I'm going to say I'm a major fan of Wilfred Owen. And poor, I mean, Wilfred Owen did not live a long life. No, uh, he wrote some of the best. British poetry about World War One.
1: He did. He did. I have and a lot
0: of respect for Wilfred Owen. In almost a little bit more than a year, mm-hmm. from August 1917 to September 1918, mm-hmm. and in November 1918, he was killed Yes, in action at the age of 25, a week before the armistice.
1: And I think there is something about the Isaac narrative that is an important... Like, I think Owen's age is an important part of thinking through this particular
0: poem because he was so young and the amount of young boys sent to war that no one can actually articulate in a sentence why world war one happened yes i know it's horrifying horrifying so let's let's hear gosh we are so positive today aren't we We, we're just like you know bringing out the handkerchiefs get out the handkerchiefs the
1: parable of the old man and the young by wilfred owen so abram rose and clave the wood and went and took the fire with him and a knife. And as they sojourned both of them together, Isaac the firstborn spake and said, My father, behold the preparations, fire and iron, but wear the lamb for this burnt offering. Then Abram bound the youth with belts and straps, and builded parapets and, the tr- and trenches there, and stretched forth the knife to slay his son. When lo! An angel called him out of heaven, saying, Lay not thy hand upon the lad neither do anything to him thy son behold caught in a thicket by its horns a ram offer the ram of pride instead but the old man would not so but slew his son and half the seed of europe one by
0: one i'm telling you i'm crying oh, i i am literally it is, crying it, this is
1: it's so painful it's so painful and we turn i owen turns the whole story on its head abram does sacrifice the child we have sacrificed children old men send young men into war those who call the shots are never in the line of fire
0: never well put uh to me it's startling you describe the structure of the marie howe poem isaac the Wilfred owen poem is structured the first part has a lot of lines yes and then there's a break and then it's but the old two man lines. would not so. And
1: I feel like this this could be in conversation almost most... The last two lines are a long, unrhymed couplet, almost like it's in conversation uh-huh. with the Howe poem, and I absolutely know that Howe teaches Owen. And so, so let, us, are,
0: let us note yes. that we selected poems ultimately that are connected that to each are other. in conversation. In conversation with each other. Did you see the movie 1917? No. Okay, I saw that movie, and... I don't need to be totally destroyed. For the- <laughs> I want it. The scenario is that I saw the movie mm-hmm. alone in Jerusalem. Oh, goodness. In Jerusalem after eating a very good lamb burger. This would be the light moment of this podcast. Okay. Um, a delicious lamb burger that at Burger amazing. Barn. Oh, gosh. And then I went to this beautiful small theater oh. in uh, Baca. Intimate. Yes. And watched 1917 myself. I came home later on. And I did see the movie again. And so it's a hard movie to see once. Yes. It's a really hard movie to see twice. Mm. And in the movie, there's a very powerful song which I have on my iPhone and I listen to it too often. Oh. And it's the I Am a Poor Wayfaring Stranger. Oh, I love that tune. Everyone, I invite everyone to listen to that tune. I may have to play it right now. Oh, no. First, no. we have an ad. Yeah, we've got to get rid of that ad. Um, it's a very moving song. and Fun fact, that's one of the first tunes I ever learned to play on the banjo.
1: Really? Yes. I didn't even ever hear it before. Oh, really? Oh, it's an old folk tune. Yes. I don't even know who, like, the original authoring is.
0: Okay. Yes, folks. We're going into music. I'm traveling to... Of Yet no sickness, toil, no I think we'll stop it there before we all fall apart the the idea and so this asks us first of all obviously Wilfred Owen gave his life on that altar
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he looks at the Akedak and for him, mm-hmm. the binding of Isaac is the sending of young men to war. Mm-hmm. But the old man would not sow, but slew his son. And so in Wilfred Owen's akeda the son is slaughtered, mm-hmm. and half the seed of Europe one by one. And so I want us to say out loud that in the end, again, God does not ask for the for the death of, of Isaac. Mm-hmm. He says, mm-hmm. Don't stretch your don't hand out. Don't stretch your hand don't out your, Because parents and old men, I'm going to say, tend to want to send the children to war. Yes. It seems to be a common human malady. Mm-hmm. And is our Torah, I'm going to ask the question, is our Torah saying right here and now, don't do this? Yes. And yet. no. Because we've got all the battles that are coming.
1: Yeah, like, right, it's the, it's what, what might be, um, I have a cohort, and we do work together about parenting, and there is a lot of holding the both and, holding the yes that is awful and hard to hear, and holding the no that creates the space, and this is that moment. I think, I think we're told yes and no, I think we're told no, don't do this, but, I also wonder if the Torah also speaks to human nature, and the human nature is: this is what we do. Yeah. this is we can't escape this.
0: You, I and think so that's a I, very point I, well taken.
1: I Feel like the potential for violence that the How poem was thinking about is really the 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 violence is visited in the Owen Owen poem, and I think they both are holding. They're they're the both and right. They're both holding space for. The potential and that that and that it, that it doesn't happen. He escapes down the mountain unscathed. And then we've got the Owen that says, okay, but it does. Yeah. It does. Okay. And I think we can look at both of these and we can hold... I think they really are giving us a tool to hold those complex feelings about the Akeda.
0: And I think we did good. I do too. And I think the fact that we both independently selected these poems versus the very heavy Holocaust poems around the Akedah... There is space for those, too. And I think that might be too painful. Yes. So maybe... maybe I could uh,
1: not... Next I could not yeah. I'm not in a place to do a Holocaust poem right now. Right. I do think that there will come a time for them.
0: Yep. All right, friends. Winners. We urge you to continue to talk about this. Yes. And the Akedah at your Shabbat table, and, of course... Um the sacrifice of Isaac. Absolutely.
1: Thank you, listeners. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom.